0: Welcome, readers, to Tam Reads. I am the Accidental Monster, and this is Chapter 7 of Magitism, the Force of Magic by Will Brawl. This chapter is called Z's. None of us had considered that the alien's vision might not include the visible spectrum. In movies and books, the aliens never have this problem. I'm embarrassed to admit that we were totally blindsided by this. I could complain that the biology team should have noted this possibility, but in the end we dropped the ball. Once we figured it out though, things started going fast. We decided it would be best to collect the physical examples of every object we wanted to teach the alien about. By this point I started to think about them as Wigglybutt in my head. I would later learn that they don't like this name. So I'll make it a point to use it as much as possible. Wigglybutt learned quickly. At some point we had the brilliant idea to get them to draw the objects themselves, and then we redid the reference book's images in the same style by hand in pencil. Turns out we didn't have to do that. They could see black toner on white paper just fine. It was only full-color images that they couldn't see, mainly because the inks all look black to them and the screens on the tablets because the backlight heats everything up, washing out the image. But we weren't going to make any more assumptions. In the original draft of this history, our editor called it an autobiography, and that world feels so pompous. There was a long section here similar to Wigglybutt's last chapter, only about the tedious way we taught them the names of objects in Morse code. I find those details exciting, and would relish the chance to turn this into a scientific paper instead of a history book. Still, our publisher started throwing around words like pedantic, mind-numbing, and unpublishable, so I've instead replaced it with this paragraph complaining about it and telling my publisher to eat my ass. As Wigglybutt started to pick up on the language during our study, we had our first honest conversations. I've removed the constant tapping and such. Words in parentheses are words in the native alien slap talk. Though we didn't know their meaning at the time, I've filled them in anyway. Does Z's mean anything? Wigglybutt inquired. Yes, Z's is from mythology, old stories told to explain how the world works to people, and was a big magical bird that protected the earth from storms. I chose this name for myself. Do most humans pick their name? No, most humans are named by their parents. Why did your parents not pick one for you? They did, but I picked a new name later. Don't worry about why. Do most humans know their parents then? They wiggle their arms, which I've since learned means genuine interest. Yes, humans usually know both of their parents. Is it different for your people? Yes. We grow in pools in the cities and do not know who our three parents are. Three. We only have two. We notice there are four forms your people take. Are some of them children? Yes. I am a child. When we are ready, we go through the differentiation and become one of the three adult types. All three are needed for making babies? Yes. First, a weaver warrior and a quasi decide they are a good match, and then they find a willing leader layer. They perform the sexual act, and an egg is created. This egg sits in the pool until it grows into a baby. The babies swim in the pool for a time, and then emerge as children, like me. Oh my god, so basically they're a poly-species... Oh, it's amazing. It's, a, it's It's like they don't have, I mean, maybe there's still monogamy. There still could be a monogamy between the Weaver Warrior and Quasi, whatever those are. I haven't, I have no idea. I assume we're going to learn more about that. But that leader layer sounds like it's a third party that isn't necessarily, like, always going to be the same and there's there's no real mention of whether or not any of them actually stay together as a as a family like they wouldn't be able to right because if they were a family then the children would know their parents but this sounds like it's uh like like the the kids are grown and then raised by the society instead of by the family which honestly is the way we were supposed to be that's that's how humanity like got where we're at is is through society raising the babies. It was only into like when when civilization really started kicking off, then it was like, oh well, raise your own babies. But even then, until about I don't know hundred hundred and fifty years ago, it was still very society like I, I don't I don't know how to put it, but like society still helped out. like there were still um like my great grandma was a wet nurse for multiple families like uh, her her job was just basically to churn out milk and also help raise the the babies the the really small children until they got i want to say about 3ish and then you know they went you know to other people and and it wasn't like she was only around rich people it's just that's that was the society so you i mean i mean i think my great grandma considered them to be rich but like she had a third grade education everybody was rich compared to her so like i'm looking at our world like wow this 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 is a direction that like we didn't go in now obviously we don't lay eggs and everything so there's quite a bit of difference there but you know i wonder if that's really what makes the difference if we had our young outside of our bodies then it would be a lot easier to have this societal responsibility of raising the children rather than personal individual responsibility to raise your children and I think that that actually would lead to a much more cohesive species let's let's be fair like if our society raised our kids instead of each individual family raising our kids there would be a lot of differences i think for the better but you know to each their own what is your home world like our world is big and we are heavier there the air here is much thinner than here this air is thick like water our star is dim but much closer and fills the sky You can see the stars even on the bright side. Most of the land is covered in deep water. However, our cities are on the land. Your cities are much bigger than our cities. Our wilds are full of very dangerous animals. We don't stray too far in the wilds. Even our most powerful quasis are no match for some of the animals there. How long are your days and years? We don't have a day. I think our year is about 50 of your days. Our star follows a regular cycle of activity. This cycle is about twice your year in length, but is 15 of our years long. One side of our planet always faces our star. All of our cities are located on the edges of the bright side. The dark side is way too cold, and the brightest parts of the bright side are too wild. You mentioned the animals in the wilds are powerful. More powerful than the quasis. Wouldn't the weaver warriors be stronger fighters? They have armor and are bigger and stronger. Yes, but the Quasis have bigger powers. Your name, Ziz, is a big magical bird. Our animals are big and magical too. Quasis are also magical. Magic isn't real. Magic is a word we use to describe things in the world that we don't understand. Our ancient people called anything they didn't understand magic. Ziz wasn't real. I'll bring you some books on fairy tales magical stories that aren't true that we use to entertain children. Of course, I got Wigglybutt several children's books filled with fairy tales and stories about the gods of the major religions past and present. They read these voraciously. I didn't realize how important this was at the time, and I thought they were confused, and reading about fairy tales would disabuse them of this notion of magic. Oh, silly, silly... Nobody that reads any of those things are disabused about the notion of magic. Let's just be honest right here and now. If you read anything to do with magic, I guarantee there is some part of you that believes that somewhere, in some way, these things could happen. There, There's no dissuading people by way of telling stories or, or letting them read stories. There's only getting them further to imagine well, getting them to further imagine the possibilities and how they could work. So look at, uh, like, Star Trek, right? One could say when that was coming out that this was sort of a, a, a an off-gassing of sorts of, like, oh, well, this is just them, you know, letting them believe in this possibility because the really real world doesn't work like that. And then we found out that the really real world does actually work a lot like that. We now have tablets. We now have, you know, machines that can basically talk like people. And I know that there's some hiccups there. But let me be clear. 50 years ago, this didn't exist. It just wasn't a thing. It there was no way for this to happen. And now that it it is a possibility because it is a reality, you you might look back and see that maybe watching shows like that and letting people imagine like that actually led to their development. And so I would argue that, like, we just haven't figured out how to make magic work because I guarantee people, people want it and people believe in it. And the idea of, you know... A creature that fell out of the sky, wanting to know about magic, and saying, "Hey, magic is real." Like, I get the, I get that burning flames is a child, apparently, but I don't know. I, I, I just feel like that should have been given a little bit more weight. But I, I kind of understand why it wasn't. So, like, I, the way it's written makes sense. I'm really just arguing with the, like, the, the character. <laughs> like, I, I totally. It's totally believable that somebody would, you know, be talking to a child alien and be like, "Mm, that's something that, you know, maybe, maybe somebody lied to you somewhere along the line. And let me, let me give you all of these things. Like these are, these are false. These are stories. They're, they're fun and entertaining and you can think about them, but they're not real because that's kind of what we do to our, our kids because we haven't found a way to make magic real. And I pose that maybe an alien might have been present during other circumstances where it wasn't fake, where it wasn't just a fairy tale. Maybe they have fairies. You don't know. Ah, <laughs> uh, anyway. So I'm 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 really interested to find out where this goes and what kind of magic. Like I I really like the idea of. The, the story of you know of earth being a vacuum, a magical vacuum. To be honest with you, two honesties. Yay. One episode. Um I've actually always felt like Earth must be like a, a magical void in the universe. Where like for whatever reason there is some invisible force around our solar system generally that just refuses to let things work the way that we seem to believe that they should work cuz like why do we have all these people that believe it should work in these certain ways and i th- i feel like sometimes there's pockets where it's like the laws of physics allow for certain types of of magical phenomenon to happen i mean i don't know how to test this i don't think we have the capacity to test it right now i think that um we'd have to go down a a different line at some point and maybe we will in the future but i really like the idea that like as a whole our planet just doesn't really allow magic on a larger scale i'm 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 interested to see if if they use my my theory of these pockets because i don't know i don't know if if that's written into the story or not i'm reading it just at the same pace you are But if they do, I'm going to do a little happy dance in my head. I promise. (laughs) All right, well, that's chapter seven, and uh, I hope to see you in the next one.